You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Pro Football Weekly and the NFL 1000 on Bleacher Report. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, once again, is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. You can see him on Twitter giving out terrible movie advice, such as oh, superhero movies are good movies. Um, that's a topic for a different time, though. But, yeah. Landon, how are you doing tonight, sir? I was doing fine. It's, it's like a cheap shot right before the show. But I'm going to brush it off because I'm a pro, and we're going to talk about some defensive line. <laughs> We'll, we'll get you to come around that superhero movies are very, very, very average. But, um, yeah, again, a different show. Um, so, but coming up on today's show, we discuss a recent signing of the Dallas Cowboys, and we take a look uh, at the depth chart of the Cowboys' defensive line. And I've got some questions about how things might shake out in 2018. But let's go ahead and jump in. On Monday, uh, the Cowboys made it official and signed Coney Ely to a one-year deal. Last year, Coney Ely uh, played outside linebacker for the New York Jets. Uh, people may remember him from his spectacular Super Bowl game uh, with the Carolina Panthers against the Denver Broncos. I believe he had three sacks, an interception, a pass deflection um, in that game. Very easily could have been the MVP of that one. But uh, this was a guy that the Cowboys were interested in in 2014. Um, if they would have stayed at 50, I think that was their pick then. Um, if they would have stayed there, they would have taken Coney Ely. Instead, they moved up, grabbed the Marcus Lawrence. Um, and now they're rejoining them together. So talk to us a little bit about Coney Ely and how do you see him fitting in into the Cowboys defense? Well, I mean, I think the first thing you talk about at this point is uh, is his deal. You know, it's, it's, it's a it's a cheap deal. I think it's like $2 million total with like an $800,000 uh, base salary um, and then a $250,000 roster bonus. Like, it signs on it, but I'm not saying those numbers are not exact, so I apologize. But I know that, I know that the, the total is about $2 million. So the, the point is, is that it's it's not a super uh, you know uh, you know heavy deal that's going to be hard to come out. I think that the idea is that he's uh, kind of an insurance uh, uh, you know an upper upper level insurance guy uh, who would come in and give you starter level snaps that, that either he puts him in position as you need them. But he's you know he's definitely a guy that you would like if he's your starter you would like to upgrade from. But getting him on the roster at this point um, gives you. Now it's just a stable of, of rotational defensive linemen, and the, and the thing with Ely too is that you know he's, he's kind of played a little bit out of position when he was with New England. Um, you know, Belichick even came out and I think you know, suggested that he may have misjudged the kind of player he was when he made the trade for him. Um, and, and I think that you know you still look at his age, still young, and still he might have an opportunity to kind of go a little bit. But I do do think that he is probably. You know, more of a left defensive end type. Um, you know, he's going to definitely play some right defensive end, but he's not. You know, he's he's one of those guys that like is even with length and technique. I think uh, he's going to bat, bat a lot of passes down because of his arm length. Uh, but he's I don't know that he's uh, twitchy is uh, like the, some of the other pass rushers that you hope for on the right right side. Uh, but I, I think that um, he's you know he's a guy who's going to provide some depth. He'll give you some good snaps. If you start having injuries or problems at the defensive end position, which you know, you've had them in the, in the past, 
Uh, he's a guy who's reliable uh, to give you some solid snaps, not spectacular snaps. Uh, but he's not, you know, I, I don't think people should like expect him to come in and be the savior of the defense decision. Oh, uh, no, no. You know, I mean, he's, 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 he's a guy. But I think he's a, he's a, a good, solid, you know, potential fourth defensive in the rotation system. Yeah, he's really coming in to replace Benson Mayowa. Yeah, and that's sure. kind of the role yeah. he's going to have. Is he's it's, gonna, an upgrade. it's an upgrade from Mayowa, I think, maybe. You know? I think yeah, and I would agree. Um, I would say that Mayowa was probably better against the run last year. So uh, I went back and watched him over the last couple of days because I was just kind of curious. And he was absolutely out of place as a 3-4 a outside linebacker. He, yeah, he was. He, while he's very athletic... Um, he does not play well in space. You can just kind of see him get stiff um, and tightened up. If you actually watch him play end, uh, that's where his best snaps come from. Um, and the Jets did do that from time to time. But uh, I, I saw a guy that can play defensive tackle. If you want to slide him yeah. in on nickel situations, uh, you can do that. And we know that the Cowboys t- love to do that. Nine pass deflections last year, and that's a ton when you consider uh, David Irving had six last year. Demarcus Lawrence had just one. Um, he does a really good job of getting his hands up in throwing lanes. Um, like you mentioned before, he's still young. He's still just 26 years old. And, and real uh, quick, real quick uh, about, yeah, the pa- about, about the passing lane thing, because that's a huge thing now, especially in the modern NFL game where, where, where people are getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. Yes. You don't get the opportunity to get sacks as, as often as you do anymore. So that's why you're starting to see a lot more of these long-limbed defenders. Uh, you know, That's why they, they focus on length a lot is because people are right that it, you don't necessarily always have to have long – limbs in order to win as a pass rusher but the long limbs also help you a lot when you're trying to pass bat down passes and get your arms up in passing lanes and when you talk about you know the the spread concepts you're starting to get the the resurgence of, of shorter quarterbacks having long limbs and, and being able to knock down passes is, is a skill set that's coveted uh in today's modern defenses and I think that's part of the reason why they liked Taco in his size last year. They saw uh, in 2016 how disruptive David Irving was um, as an end with those long arms. They grabbed Taco to potentially do the same. Um, I think Ely, I, I really think if Ely is your third defensive end, you're doing pretty well. But in Dallas, I mean, he might be, what, their fourth or fifth, just depending on how things shake out. Um, you know, you're probably going to have Lawrence and Crawford start again. Uh, this year with Taco coming off the bench, and then maybe Ely's your fourth, and we'll see what happens with Randy Gregory and Charles Tapper. So uh, I think this is, I like to call this the Will McClay special. Late in free agency, grab a guy that you liked a lot before, give him a you know a very low deal in terms of guaranteed money. Um, but you know this is a guy that I very very easily could see being a part of the rotation. Early in the season, um, I, again, I, I kind of like him at defensive tackle. I think there's some things that you can do with him there uh, on certain situations. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Coney Ely. But I've got some questions about this defensive line. Um, as you guys know, I'm working on this Cowboys roster guy going through every single player in the roster. Um, and I think this is the deepest defensive line I've seen in Dallas in... Man, I don't even know the last time it's been this deep. I I, I think this year you're going to be cutting some talented players. I think like a camp battle could very well be between Coney Ely and Charles Tapper. I don't see a spot for both of those guys on the active roster. Um, so my question is this, as it pertains to defensive end. As much as we like guys like uh, Harold Landry, who we talked about before on this on this podcast, 
Is there really a spot open for the Cowboys to take a pass rusher early in the draft? Well, I mean, I think that, you know, it, look, first of all, it would be foolish to trust any of the people, like to, to trust that every one of these guys is going to make it to the season okay. And, you know, I mean, especially when you're considering people like Randy Gregory. I mean, like, I mean, I have great confidence that he's going to make it back into the league and that that's going to happen. But but I'm not betting on it. You know, like, I mean, I, I think that in, in anyone who's counting on it is is probably setting themselves up for for a bad situation, you know. And I, I think that, to me, I, I feel like you might be able to count on one of either Charles Tapper or Randy Griffin. I don't know what Tapper's – I mean, hopefully Tapper comes back is it, is it, uh, from his injury and is, is just absolutely fine and, and kind of picks up where it, he it, left it, off. And, and yeah, I was going to say, let me, let me mention really yeah. quickly. I went back and watched that week one game against the Giants before he got hurt. And he played really well against. He was the great. Uh, well, I, I, he yeah. I, he was showing up like it was the reason when he got hurt. It was devastating, and I even commented at the time because I thought that he was starting to like it was clicking. It was showing up for him. He had gotten to the point all during training camp where he was getting closer and closer, and it was it was starting to turn on for him. And then he got into the season, he got a sack, and it was starting to happen for him. And then he got injured, and and uh, and so I think you know that's a critical time to get hurt. hurt. You know, like right when it feels like you're starting to get the, the reps you need to start have the lights turn on for you. Um, so I'm hoping that he's able to kind of at least pick up where he was or, or maybe if not, still step behind and catch up and then, you know, kind of go from there. But I think, you know, uh, th- at this point, we just have no idea. It may be to a lesser degree than Randy Gregory. We have no idea what we can get, what we're going to get out of Tapper this year. So I, I think that. You're right. There's, I mean, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting group. They're going to rotate them all a lot. They clearly are trying to provide some depth so that even if they don't draft someone, that they have enough guys to kind of keep up with that. And I agree. As a fourth defensive end, like I think that um, you know that's a you know that kind of third or fourth defensive rotational defensive guy who can kick inside. It's kind of a Jeremy Mincy role more than Vincent uh, mm-hmm. Mayo role. Even um, you yeah, know, that's I think call. I think that I think that you know that 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 kind of guy gives you a lot of good game day options as well. Um, you know, so you may, you may feel like you could go short at, at a tackle maybe, or, or just, you know, if you feel like you don't want to like specifically have a, a, a pass rushing under tackle backup, you can just, you know, said one of these incidents you can kick inside. Um, uh, you know, I think that, I think that there's going to be, there's going to be a fierce competition um, but I also feel like I would much rather over, you know, I would much rather flood that market because we spent too long in the desert, you know, and I, I need, now I need all the, all the materials there, every single, uh, uh, you know, asset that we have in pass rush available, uh, and, and then we'll chip off what we, what we can. And yeah, maybe someone gets a, a good pass rusher from our cut day or, or you know, even more likely is that we, we are able to uh, you know to to trade one of those guys potentially for a, for a decent pick. I mean, I, you know, depending on who it is. I mean, you know, I I, I think if it's Cody Ely, no one's probably trading for that. But um, sure. But I think if you know, like you know, Tapper and Gregory and you know all these guys hit suddenly, you know, maybe you've got a, and, and and you draft Landry, you know, suddenly, yeah, I think you probably trade someone and maybe gets to. All right, so we think there there's a potential spot open for a high pick. 
Do you see any reason for this team to spend a late round pick on defensive end, knowing how loaded it is? Because if if you're taking a guy, I would say probably beyond the fourth round, the odds of that defensive end beating out Charles Tapper and Coney Ealy and potentially Randy Gregor are pretty low, correct? Yeah, but but I also think that it, a lot of this is um, you know hinging on on what ha- what they feel like is going to happen with Demarcus Lawrence, you know, because if they feel like they're not going to re-sign him, then I, you know, obviously if, if they've liked someone, you know, maybe that is, uh, uh, you know, like maybe a, a raw player that they can develop down the road, you know, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they got that guy in the sixth or seventh round with the idea that you hopefully can sneak him on your practice squad and kind of just develop him. Um, sure. You know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, outside of that, like if they like Lawrence or they they really are serious about potentially re-signing him, then yeah, I mean, I feel like it it may be tough to kind of fit another one on there. All right, and I've got one more question about the defensive ends. Um, as I was looking at this depth chart, I started to notice the the size of their defensive ends. Uh, almost every single one of their defensive ends on their roster is over 270 pounds. I'm going to run through them really quickly. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence listed at 270. Taco Charlton listed at 277. Uh, David Irving, who we know has played end before in the past, is listed at 300 pounds. Uh, Tyrone Crawford is listed at 285 pounds. Dayton Jones, who has played some end, is at 280 280 pounds. Coney Ely at 275. Charles Tapper at 271. Do you think this is a trend? Do you think the Cowboys are purposely going out and looking for these guys that weigh about 265, 270 pounds, or is this kind of just a coincidence that they've kind of got all these guys um, that are maybe a little heavier than we are used to seeing at defensive end? Well, I actually think that some of that is not right. I don't I don't think Demarcus Lawrence is playing at 270. Uh, I think he's in Probably like 290. No. So that was, Wait, that was last yeah. year. <laughs> that was last year's bad takes. So you upgrade your bad takes. Uh, uh, listen, I, I, I'm just looking at their Cowboys roster on the website. No, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, yeah. And I, 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 I don't, I'm just saying I don't know that those are, those are, are correct. I mean, I don't think, I, he didn't look 270. He looks like he was, okay. he was as thin as he'd been. Like, he looked 265 at the most, maybe 260. And, 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 and you know, look, I, 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 I think you're right that the 270 is kind of the, yeah, the reason I think that you see a lot of those is because we haven't, we don't have, we've had a shortage of right defensive ends. You know, this team has been filled with left defensive ends, and even Demarcus Lawrence himself is basically playing left defensive ends. So um, I think that you know you've got guys like uh, Randy Gregory, who uh, is definitely not two hundred seventy pounds, um, and then I, you know, I, I think Tapper may be. And what they list Tapper as? Tapper is listed at 271 pounds. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, if he's 270, he's barely 270. So I, I would not be surprised if he's even sleeker than that. But that's that. a big defensive end still. That, I would well, say sure. that's above average, though, uh, for a defensive I don't end. know. I, I think for 4-3 defensive ends, you know, like 6-4, six, 6-5, six, 270, like that's, to me, that's kind of standard. I mean, if you're talking about, I mean, if you're averaging together left and right defensive end. You know what I'm saying? Like two, sure. 270 is probably 265, 270 is right, right around normal. To me. So I, I think the guys, you know, Dayton Jones. I don't think he's a defensive end. I think they're playing him. At, if anything, they're playing him at one technique at times, which yeah. is absolutely crazy. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think honestly, I don't know. 
I think a lot of this goes back to the idea that they are kind of trying this a little bit, especially with the backups, a little bit of positionless football, you know, with these defensive linemen where they are just basically getting guys that can, you know, get ahead in the crack, you know, and, 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 and get in the gap and, and, and get through. Um, so I think that, you know, there some of these guys may be playing three different spots at 270 pounds, you know, so... I don't think that that necessarily means that they wouldn't. I mean, you know, go get. They are, clearly are looking at a guy like Carol Ben. So, um, sure. Yeah, I think that there are certain guys that they would like to be in that range because that allows them to be a little bit versatile about where they can play. But as far as the elite, elite guys, uh, I think they'll take them as they come. All right, and I've got one question on the defensive tackles before we get out of here. And we were actually having this this conversation pre-show. Um, Taven Bryan is a guy that I know a lot of Cowboy fans like, especially our friend Jonah Tolles, um, who the Cowboys brought in as a 30 visit. Um, and if they want Taven, they're going to have to draft him at 19. My question for you, is there a spot on this roster for the Cowboys to take another three technique considering they already have David Irving? Uh, we both agree that Malik Collins' best spot is at three. Uh, we t- just talked about Dayton Jones potentially playing some one and three. Coney Ealy playing some three. D- do they have room to spend a first-round pick on a three technique? I mean, we keep we keep saying first-round pick. I mean, it's the, the 19th pick. It's, it's, it, it, we're going to be at the mercy of so much. If this is the guy that they have the rate, highest rated board, I don't have a problem with the. My issues with him aren't how he will be deployed. You know what I'm saying? Like my my issues with him are: is he going to live up to what uh, to what we you know are hoping for in in our, our investment in him? You know, like I, I think that they if they draft him at 19, they will be able to find ways to get all those people on the field. Um, I think that you know they'll they'll make Collins play more one technique. We may not love it, but it, it, it they'll kick David Irving outside to do some pass rushing from the outside, which he can do as well. Um, but I don't love that either, though. Well, I, I, mean, I don't. I think I, I, inside is his best spot. Th- that's fine, but I think that they'll find ways to get these guys on the field at the same time. You don't have to do it where he's playing all his snaps from the outside. You can still do it with David Irving's your starting three technique and, and still be okay with uh, with the amount of snaps you're getting at Kevin Bryant. I, I think people just need to generally accept that defensive line is a position that uh, that they'll draft, you know, high level uh, prospects at, and then just end up rotating. You know, like that's just that's the way that they, they play that. So um, again, I, I understand the, the issue that you're saying here with with, with the scheme makeup and, and the, the players we already have on the scheme, but to me. The issues that I ha- may have with Tavon Bryant, or Tavon Bryant, are, are not how we will deploy him. I have no doubts that we'll find ways to rotate him in. It's more about how he plays once he gets on the field. So, just in general, though, would you rather take a a more predominant one technique in the first round compared to a three technique? Just kind of forget the names. Um, if two guys are similar players, would you take the one technique, considering that's really what Dallas needs? I don't know that, that I don't know that I would allow that to dictate dictate to me over uh, you know over over talent. You know, I, I think uh, uh, I think that, that would be difficult. 
I mean, I think that I, I listen. I totally agree with the, with the idea that a one technique is a much simpler fit and much simpler, you know, evaluation on how to get and how he will look on our defense. Um, but you know, look. I mean, if you're asking me if I'd rather have Vita Bay or David Ryan, I'd rather have Vita Bay. That's me personally. But, sure. But but I mean, that's also about the players themselves. That's not just about you know a three technique versus a. I mean, you know. Like Maurice Hurst without a heart issue and Vita Vea, like that's a question. And I think that ultimately the question would go down to, you know, who's the talent, more talented player? Not not necessarily. Now, you know, would you go to have Hurst? Would you? I mean, not not would you? Rather would you? One. Would you take Payne over over Taven Bryan? I think, I think I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at at this point. I'd rather have a guy that can do both rather than a guy that's just locked into the three technique spot. Considering what the roster is now, uh, and considering what the needs of this well, football team I, are, I, I, I think he gives you a higher ceiling because he can play one technique. Like that's sure, that's that's absolutely. the thing about that is it's not just that he's. I think that's the other element that we need to consider is that the dangerous part about Brian specifically is that he can't. I don't know that he can play one technique. A lot of these other guys could probably play one technique. So, I mean, that automatically makes the, their floor a little bit higher because your fallback plan is always, you know, kick him over to one second and let him get some good snaps there. But I think if, you know, if he's bad and he can't play three technique, there's nothing you can do with Dave Brock, you know, like, because I mean, you can't hope he's a better defense. There's no way he can play defense. Then you can't really hope he's a better nose tackle because I don't know that he can consistently take on double. This defensive line situation is going to be interesting to follow. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I think it's the deepest that we've seen um, in several years. I think they're finally starting to build their defensive line the right way. Um, and it's going to be fascinating to watch this group this year. I'm really excited to see what a healthy Demarcus Lawrence and a David Irving and a Taco Charlton in his second year um, can do. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you guys get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolVTB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys. And of course, I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time.